severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello and welcome to episode 123 of Just Get A Real Job I'm of course your host, Jim McKinley Thank you for listening as always And if you're a new listener, welcome to the podcast Thank you to everyone that listened and supported last week's episode of the podcast With Dom Simpson and Tanisha Spring it was really nice to see lots of new listeners tuning in for that one and hopefully some of you have stuck about for this week's as well. There's also a massive back catalogue now over 123 episodes so if you are relatively new to the podcast and have been enjoying it be sure to go and check out that back catalogue. Some really interesting conversations but speaking of interesting conversations we have another brilliant episode lined up for you this week and we are joined on the podcast by journalist and disability campaigner Michael McEwen. Michael is a really inspiring individual. It was really lovely to have him on. We had a really nice chat covered lots of things including Michael's new documentary which is called Disability with Attitude which is on BBC Radio Scotland and that came out last week I think. Me and Michael recorded this one quite a while ago, I think we recorded this back in September so it's lovely to finally put this one out. wanted to sort of release this one around the time that Michael's radio documentary was coming out just to help give it a bit of promotion because I'd love for people to go and listen to it. I'm really excited to tune into it myself. It was really nice to speak to Michael about it. He's also got a radio show he did a couple of years ago about the Paralympians called The Pride of Scotland, which is also on BBC Radio Scotland. We'd link that in the show notes as well. We speak about that a bit more in this episode as well. But it was very nice to chat to Michael about his journey into becoming a journalist, some of the work he's done for the BBC and for STV and various other outlets. It was really nice to also speak about his cerebral palsy with him and talk about disability and access, some of the things we're quite passionate about on this podcast and some of the change that still needs to happen in society and particularly in the creative industries around disability and around access but it's really important to chat to people like Michael and a very interesting episode so I love this conversation I hope you enjoy it as well so without much further ado this is episode 123 of the brilliant Michael McEwen. Good evening, Michael. Thank you for coming on Just Get Real Job podcast. It's lovely to chat to you tonight. How are you getting on? Yeah, thanks for inviting me on, Jamie. It's nice to finally meet you. But yeah, I'm I'm keeping well. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. It's a very rainy day outside, etc. I know we've been trying to organise this for a few months as well, so we've made it happen. But Michael, do you want to kickstart by just sort of introducing yourself? Tell us about what you do, because you've done a few various things. I know predominantly you're kind of like a freelance journalist and done a lot of work on the BBC radio and you do like a lot of stuff on sport as well which is interesting because we haven't had a lot of journalists on but do you want to sort of introduce yourself for the listener? Yeah no so again thanks for inviting me on Jamie really appreciate it so my name's Michael McCune I'm a disability campaigner but also I'm a freelance journalist and I wear various hats in, in terms of like I work for kind of like BBC but also work for I also write a few articles for different publishers as well in terms of like newspapers and, and magazines as well yeah and and that, that's basically me over the years and I, I've can I've kind of worked my way up from like the usual kind of like hospital radio and stuff like that to like the level where I want to be and I think I, I, I was speaking to you before we, we started to make that I've been doing a bit of kind of the acting work over the years as well. And obviously that's separate to, to kind of the journalism in a way. But in a way it's not because, like, you know, like you have lines to learn and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's many, there's many strings to my, my bow, as I say. Yeah, I think there's so much multifacetedness in this industry. Lots of people are able to do lots of different things. I think being a journalist, I mean, I think we'd only had my best friend who came up with the name of this podcast actually as a journalist he's a local democracy reporter now dc thompson but he he's been the only other i think journalist we might have i think we'd had on this podcast maybe one other actually but it's been a long time we've done a lot of episodes now i can't keep track but we haven't had a lot of journalists on this podcast and journalism is an interesting part of the creative industries 
Because some people don't see it as being a creative job as much as maybe TV or art or whatever. But it is very creative based and it's it, there's a lot of overlap there. And there's loads of, loads of parts to journalism. How long have you been sort of working in journalism for? You know, Jamie, since I've been the, a wee boy, I've always wanted to kind of like get into the media. And uh, like it's funny because when I went to the job centre years ago, people were trying to say to me, well, no, you, you can't do that. Uh, you know, obviously I've kind of like shut them up now because he am today, they like speak to you tonight on Zoom, sort of doing this podcast. But like people just assume that because you've got a disability that you can't work in the media or you can't be on TV or you can't be in soaps or or kind of like the mega kind of Angus Clay, you know, you know, people just kind of like put you in the box and mm. put you in a bubble and say you know, that's you over there, you know. But they, they, they never think about we're kinda of getting better now. But back years ago, like people assumed that because Michael was disabled, Michael took couldn't work for a he want to be the, a journalist or, or kinda of like whatever. And so I basically kinda of learn on the job if you if you know what I mean in terms of like I've got no qualifications at all in uh, journalism. Mm. I just learn kind of like on the job how to do it. And I think it's because if you're passionate about a, a particular issue, then you actually go home and, and study the manual, like what you want to pick up and what tips and, and networking as well. Because I would say that like networking is a big part of our industry as well. So, yeah. Yeah, no. That thank you for sort of uh, for being so open about your early experiences as well. And it's it's a total sham that you know you've faced that prejudice and stereotype and stuff in the past. And of course, the media is already an industry with so many barriers as it is. Like when you add things like disability and neurodivergence and things into it, it becomes even harder. And like you know, especially you're saying in the past, like it, you know, it's getting better. It's obviously as we'll come on to talk about, it's still not there yet either. But it's a lot better now than it used to be. But I'm assuming that must have made you like almost a bit of a fighter, having to sort of really force your way in. And you've been, it's just incredible what you've achieved in your career with those barriers as well, and like what you're still achieving today and stuff. But to, how do you cope with that sort of almost prejudice at such a young age and having to sort of feel like you maybe sh- can't do something but you're so determined to do it how do you manage to do that I feel like I've asked that question three times in different words there not been able to get it yeah, out but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. no I, I get I get you but like if you if you speak to Amy can I like person with a disability I know like yeah Jack uh, Hunter on a few months ago and yeah you speak amazing to Jack and, and other people like that that sometimes a lot of people with a disability has got a fight for what they want to mm. do and it shouldn't be like that but for some reason as you know I always say that society you know disables us in a way and yeah I mean it's not been easy to where I am like today I had to fight my way in terms of no I want to do that it's my life I can you know be a an astronaut or you know whatever I can mm. I can kind of like fight my corner as it were and sometimes it was very frustrating but when people says no that makes you more determined to put people wrong and say well mm. how no and then when, when you ask the question then many times out of ten they'll come back and say well you just can't and they don't give you an answer and I'm like well why they, there must be a reason why mm-hmm. like I say no you, you just can't say no just for the hell of saying no <laughs> you know there must be something behind that word so yeah I mean I had to fight from for what I do and you know I love what, what I do now it's a bit like the same as you you love what, what you do in your job as well and like it's not because you know like or God's sake, let's make on the TV again and, and radio and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I mean, we, we know that there's people in the industry, it's like, oh, I'm blowing, I'm on the TV, look at me, I'm, you know, I've got a big ego and all that. But like me, it's not about that for me because I've always wanted to be, you know, on TV, but also at the same time, 
raising awareness for people that can't speak up from, for themselves as well. For that to be, you know, marking the like, acting work or mark, marking the like, journalism, journalism work as well. And you meet some interesting people along the way. It's got similar kind of stories and similar kind of struggles to what I was going through when I, when I was younger. Mm. And I think what's also interesting about all that as well is that like you're saying about giving a voice is it's so important because you need to see people like you on screen represented and you need to hear people that have had the similar experience that you represented that's so important and that's one of the most important things of media and the arts and stuff so no I appreciate you going into that we'll come on to talk about your disability and the barriers that still exist and stuff very shortly but I'd wanted to touch on something else you mentioned there which is like you as a young boy like wanting to work in journalism one of the first questions we often open on the podcast with is people's earliest creative memory so do you remember your first memory of thinking I want to work on media and sort of do something like journalism etc it's funny that I'm speaking to you tonight about this and you asked me that question because I don't know when this podcast is going out but I'm in the middle of making a documentary for Radio Scotland at the moment called Disability We Art Troops and mm-hmm. just because I yank a wee secret I know I, I look like t- uh, you know, 21 or whatever. <laughs> I'm actually coming up for 40 in October. And the, the, the idea was to look at disability 40 years ago compared to now. Yeah. So it was funny because I was asking my mum and dad that question yesterday. I felt a bit weird interviewing my mum and dad about my disability <laughs> and stuff like that because they haven't done that. And that was one of the kind of first questions that I asked him and like I remember like years ago when I was growing up before like a Skarkegay hospital regular and stuff like that in Glasgow that I can make a pretend radio station in my house mm-hmm. and I'll tell you how long ago it was like I was I was we were still using like cassettes kind of like tapes and all that so i mean you know it was a dummy radio station so nobody was listening to it apart from me <laughs> even though i was like, like the presenter and stuff like that so like yeah and then you know and i think it was about seven eight at the time so yeah i mean i'd done that for like i don't know a year maybe a few months or, or something like that and then, as I say, I got older and I joined the hospital regular. So media has always been like a part of my life, if you know mm. what I mean. And yeah, I just love what I do. So yeah, that, that was my earliest memory of, <laughs> of doing that, you know. I, yeah. That's a really nice memory to have. And that must have been so emotional interviewing your parents about it. So looking back on that. It sounds really, like a really interesting documentary. I'm assuming this will probably go out before that comes out, but. I urge people to keep an eye out for that. It's really interesting. Do you want to, we'll, we'll come on to talk maybe a bit more about that in a wee while, like about your documentary work and your radio work and stuff. That's really interesting. But on this sort of looking back theme, the next question I have for you is about where you're from and how that's influenced you as a person and as a creative person. So are you from Glasgow? Is that, is that what you mentioned there? Or are you from nearby? Yeah, I so not not too far away from Glasgow. I'm actually from Barhead. So that's like 20 minutes away from Glasgow. I've always been born and bred in Barhead and all my family is from Barhead and stuff like that. So yeah, that's where I'm from, kind of like Google Barhead. <laughs> that's in the south side right yeah kind of yeah not too far away that's right i'm kind of shawlands yeah, now kinda so near near shawlands yeah that's where i am now so yeah it's right, not okay. too far away at all yeah yeah that's cool as you can tell i'm very i'm an east coaster at heart but you know um, yeah, and yeah pfeiffer have... pfeiffer yeah. but yeah all right okay so don't worry i'm not from edinburgh you don't have to worry about that right, no so glad don't have to worry about ken and, and all that <laughs> well i mean they do like that word in fife obviously but that ties me into my next question very nicely which is about do you have a favorite word or phrase from where you're from it's like yeah, a word like, from glasgow that you really like so when you emailed me that the stuff last night before the the podcast and i was actually thinking about this but when i sp- i hate to hop back but when i when i speak about disability and all, obviously i mentioned it a minute or two ago i speak about boxes and labels it's not my favourite word, but I suppose I use that word a lot, especially in kind of like journalism. If I was writing an article about, you know, like sport, employment, 
then I would say something like don't put people in boxes and, and don't label people. So I think that's, I wouldn't say that's not my favourite word, but like I use that word kind of like every day. So yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope, I hope that's okay. Don't put people in boxes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good though. And it's true. Like, and as you'd say, it happened, at, you know, it's happened throughout your career happens all the time you know it's just not you know we're not we're not there yet especially in the media and stuff or as a society but as you say it has improved and i'm sure that must be really interesting for you at the moment looking back on 40 years because to be optimistic there has been a lot of progress as well as think you know obviously not as we're talking about there's a lot of work to do but it must be nice to sort of at least think on the positives on what we'd sort of achieved in the last 40 years etc yeah i mean like so part of you know this kind of documentary was interviewing people through different stages of my life and stuff like that. and it was funny because i met one of my old girl pals yesterday that i haven't saw for years he he's also a journalist as well and i was the first time i've actually met face to face with him for a year so we went basically back up to the school and we, we spoke about our memories what it was like going on a, a bus to school and and all that kind of stuff but yeah it's, it's interesting to, to look back and yeah I mean we, we have came a long way especially in the media because like in, in terms of the media or you know and and soap that you would never see a person with a disability and like you would never see a, a person you know lgbt community and you would never see a, a person with an ethnic minority background but now it's getting better but in terms of like all these years ago you would never see any kind of and i know we use this word a hell of a lot in the in in, in the media and um, kind of role models like we didn't see anybody you know, presenting the news or on adverts or or even at the Scottish Parliament now that that we've got, I would say maybe like a, a diverse Parliament that that we get. Well, we never even had a Scottish Parliament, you know, <laughs> for for years ago. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it is getting better. But you you always want to do better than what you're doing. If you know what I mean, you can't you, you can't stay still and say, "Yep, okay, perfect." You know, you you always want to to do something, keep moving. And I suppose, and I hate talking about myself, but I suppose that's the way I want to be. You know, I'm not a, a guy that says, like, okay, um, I've got everything that I want now, that, that's fine. I want to kick on and do do other things and, and kind of like challenging myself. Mm. Like the, the media, when I first moved into the media, I've never never done any writing work before. And I, I kind of learned how, how to do that. Obviously, being on TV with, with some news reports as well. Again, I was new to that, but you know, I love I love that work. But yeah, I mean, so the yes, we, we have moved on, but not as much as. I would like to see, especially when it comes to employment. Employment's a big part yeah. of mine. Yeah. Well, just before we move on to my next question, actually, it might be kind of interesting to ask you about the employment stuff and what work there is to do there in your own experience and, you know, as someone who's campaigned a lot on this issue. It's very kind of a mixed bag, you would say, in terms of, like, I mean, me, I'm fortunate in a way that because... Well, freelance, it's a bloody difficult job because you've got to sell yourself and, and pitch ideas. Not not sell yourself in that way, then, but, you know, uh, you, you know what I mean. But, yeah, w- when I first started out, like, I was working at uh, the job centre years ago. Uh, they, they got me they, a work place in, in Summerfields, and I commenced in the shop now because it's not there, so they can't come back and sue me or take me to <laughs> And they got my work placement for six weeks, and uh, I was between maybe like October to December, so I was coming up to Christmas, and uh, you know it was the busiest time of the year and all that. And I was there for six weeks, and my manager put me on, and they said, "Michael, I've got to offer you another six weeks." I was there for twelve weeks, and I thought, "Wow, I must be doing amazing." And then um, after the twelve weeks, he. he he pulled me aside and said, Michael, uh, we're going to have to let you go here. There's no jobs. Now, uh, 
I should I should have said that I wasn't getting paid for the that job. I was just doing work experience. I didn't Jesus. really matter to me at that time because I was just to get out of the house to get a bit of experience and all that. But after after twelve weeks, and I felt kind of used by by him for twelve weeks with no. If I knew that was going to happen, I would say, "Well, you can stick your job." <laughs> You know, mm. because I don't think that, I mean, I was looking back at through a disabled eyes, but I don't think they would do that to anyone else, like with a non-disability, but, or maybe they do, I don't know. So I felt kind of used by that, and I felt, well, you know, basically everybody was getting paid, like Christmas bonuses and all that kind of stuff, and I was just getting my kind of like taxi expenses because between Barhag and Paisley, you know yourself, mm. it's not a mile, million miles away and stuff. So I felt kind of used Glenn, but again, that, that made me more determined to, to get the work that I wanted, so that helped me. But I, I always speak about that because I always want people to realise that, you know, life is not easy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like difficult as well. And when you were talking about the barrier there on, well, that is a barrier in itself. And I know plenty of people today with a disability, a mental health issue, that, that want to work but not given the chance to work as, as well. So bloody frustrating that. And that's what mm. you hear every day. A kind of like discrimination as well. Yeah. No, it's not good enough. And it's like so frustrating, especially at such a young age, to feel like, what's the point? Because there's these barriers there. As you say, there's ba- there was probably barriers for a lot of people with disabilities in general work, let alone like a job in the media, which is even for people that don't have disabilities. And, you know, I don't like the word normal because, you know, as I said in a documentary recently that I took part in a bit newer division, like what is normal? But, you know, it's hard enough to get a job in the arts at times if you don't have a parent that works in it or you're not wealthy, etc. So it's even harder if you struggle to get like general employment and feel sort of marginalised by society and stuff. I actually thought it might be nice to actually ask you about your disability and what it is and what it means to you and stuff as well, because we haven't really actually talked about that on this episode, just for the listeners to understand maybe a bit more. Yeah, so like I, I've got my, my disability cerebral palsy. Yeah, I felt affects me down like like in the right side. When I was younger, like I had to walk with Zimmer and all that because I didn't know how to sort of like, learn how to walk myself. So like the school that I went to, they had kind of like a physio there and a speech therapist, and I had to go for physio because they had to help me. But sort of they had to work with me to, to walk without a Zimmer. And the same goes with the speech therapist. I had to go to them because obviously I could speak, but it was a bit kind of people couldn't really understand me. And the wee, the wee joke that I would make there was people would still not understand me in my, my kind of like journalism work that I do. But um, no, that, that's, a, that's a wee joke there. But yeah, so I had to learn how to do all that, and yeah, uh, so cerebral palsy. I mean, you can get. I mean, Jack, that yeah, mm. Jack. Of course, been on the podcast twice now. Yeah, an amazing oh, guest. Yeah, yeah um, go and check those episodes out. They're great. Yeah, no, I, I listened to the one that I think he he was on one with uh, Egg Lafesco and um, talking about his show. Yeah, um, of course. So he's got cerebral palsy. And I've got cerebral palsy as well. Cerebral palsy affects people in many different ways. Uh, Jamie, that, you know, you, you could be in a wheelchair or you could, you know, 24 hour support. And what I mean by that is like personal care as well, like toileting mm. and help with, yeah. you know, feeding, eating, eating, and, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think I was kind of a bit fortunate again because like I, I kind of learned how to, to walk and talk and, and stuff like that possibly maybe talk shit now um, <laughs> but he, not at all you know that comes with <laughs> that comes with the age I think but yeah so I had to overcome a lot of barriers that I hope that's what you were looking for mm. for me to 
Or do you want me to explain what cerebral palsy is? No, it was more just like, it's not, as you said earlier, it's not about putting people in boxes or labels anyway. It was more just for you to, you know, open up about just what your disability is to you and what it means, you know, it's about what it means to you, not what people's label of it is. As you say, it's different. It's all different. You know, there's loads of different forms of it. And at the end of the day, these things are all just umbrella words that, you know, it's the same with dyslexia. Like there's no case the same. It's just an umbrella term. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's about, I think what it's about how it affects and what it means to you and stuff but no it's a really really interesting topics and uh, you know it's amazing that you're able to sort of talk about this so openly and you know campaign for change and I I think as we said earlier like all we can do is I think the more we talk about this stuff and the more it's seen in the media then the more people are aware of it and they can learn and we can you know accommodate it better and stuff. Hello it's JB here. You may have heard this advert several times before but if not this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash justgetarealjob, or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. But speaking about your career, and there's obviously still barriers today, but how did, what was your, do you remember your first sort of steps into journalism? Yeah, in terms of like my first real job was, I think that I was writing for a disability magazine called Learning Disability Today when I was out as a magazine, not now where everything's kind of online and you can't buy it. And stuff. Well, I think you, you can still buy it. But and So, yeah, I bought it. That was my first job, I think. I can't remember rightly. But I know that in terms of, like, the mainstream media, that's the right word to use, that I was back in 2014. And it was the Commonwealth Games coming up. And I don't know if you know, but there's some para-sports integrated in the Commonwealth Games programme. So I emailed the Evening Times just to see if, like, you know, that they, they were looking for anybody to write a piece about the para-sport being in the Commonwealth Games. And I kind of, like, pitched the idea that, you know, I would be willing to, like, try different sports out yeah. um, and write about them and interview somebody It's relevant to that sport. Unfortunately, I was two weeks too late. A girl got in before me, but the funny thing was the girl got the job, went to my school as well. Um, <laughs> so, and then at the time, the editor of the time said to me that I got to pass your CV about. Now, I don't know about you, like, but when people say that to you, like, you say to yourself, well, they're not going to say that. The reason why they said that was for you to get off the back or whatever. But mm-hmm. anyway, so he, he stuck his word. And then two weeks later, I got an email from the, the Sunday Herald, the sports editor. And he says, you know, we are looking for somebody. That that was my first commission by the Sunday Herald. And I think it was like I'd done the, uh, a feature quorum like once a month leading up to the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Yeah, that, you know, I, was, I wasn't blowing money, but it was blowing to me at the time because, you know, I just wanted to get paid for what I was what I love to do. Yeah, so so I think I think back then that, that was my that was my first kind of job between that and as I say, learning this by the cake today. Yeah, no, I love that just like again, as you said earlier, having to 
take matters into your own hands and just email, put yourself out there, take that chance. But something you mentioned earlier about the CV thing, actually, I've, I think it used to be a lot worse. And obviously, it's not the case at all everywhere. But I've found, in my experience, actually, that most people that if you send a CV into something or you apply for a job, quite often it can come back and help you weeks or years later. So you think, oh, I didn't get it that time. It actually often comes back and they go, oh, we didn't have this job then, but we'd actually now got this because it's about letting people know who you are. So I think to creatives listening, often that can be just a, you know, it can be a really good thing, as yeah, you were saying I mean, as well. I mean, some other thing happened to me at Rig of Scotland, actually, when I don't know if you know people there, but like... Um, I emailed like the program director. I don't know if that was at the same time or maybe a few years later or whatever. But like I emailed him and he said, "Mike, there's no before I sent the CV away, Jamie. I knew myself that you know I wasn't going to take over Kay Agnes off. Yeah, yeah, father." I was just looking for some advice and emailed me back and said, Simpson again, they said, Michael, nope, there's no jobs, but I'll pass your CV about. And that's what you mean about, like, people, I mean, and the thing is, you can get ignorant people as well, people not willing to help you, people shutting doors in your way. And I'm talking for everybody here. I'm, I'm not just talking about, hmm. you know, for, for people with disabilities and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there's people like Jeff and like the the guy at the Evening Times kind of say, no, but we can hold on to your CV or we, we can pass it about. And yeah, that, that kind of re- really kind of helped me with that. Yeah. Do you want to t- talk about some of the radio work you've done over the last few years? Because I mean, you've been doing some quite amazing stuff on BBC Radio Scotland and other parts of the BBC and things, which is, I mean, a lot of stuff to do with sport, but kind of other, as you're saying, this documentary you're working on now as well. So it's quite a range of stuff you'd been working on. That's right, weird because over COVID, like, uh, I don't know about yourself, but over COVID, people say, well, never got a lot up because of all the arts industry went into hibernation. <laughs> And and there wasn't money about and stuff like that. But I was the total opposite. I was I was actually busy over the two years of COVID, even though I was still working from home. But I was still kind of like busy. That the funniest story that I would tell you about COVID and the people wouldn't realize this because when you make regular, you're like that. Well. Yeah, in the same room as Jamie and you're in the same room as whoever, but you can be miles away, like, like what we're doing now, like mm, remote have, like, recording, yeah. So, like, I can I, like, pick an idea again to Rego Scotland about making the documentary about the Paralympics, and I didn't want to focus on, oh, look at these poor disabled people, aren't they just brilliant? <laughs> you know, I wanted to say, you know, look what they can achieve. So I was lucky enough to get that commission. And it was weird, Jamie, because so I'm in my bedroom speaking to you tonight. Uh, well, today or whenever people got to be listening <laughs> to this. Yeah. And the people I was interviewing was down south. My producer was up in Inverness. Yeah. The technician, he was in Glasgow. So everybody was, every all parts of the UK, but everybody was connected up to Glasgow because that, that was where the, the, the kind of like techie guy got everything together. And I thought that was a bit weird, but it's brilliant how technology can help people through the pandemic and it helped me make my documentary. Yeah, but that actually ties into a lot of what we're saying now as well about access. Like, I actually think COVID made it normalised remote working for a lot of people, which actually... One of the big positives of that is it allows access to a lot of people that maybe have disabilities or immunocompromised or another big barrier in my industry, particularly in TV. I say I don't know why I said my industry, I sound like such a wank, but another big barrier in sort of TV is people having to drive for jobs. Like that's a very common one. And a lot of people with disabilities can't drive. So therefore they're excluded from all these jobs. It's a disgrace, to be honest. And it needs it's you know, there's a lot of work to do on that. It's one of the biggest barriers still that still exists in TV, in my opinion, for disability and stuff like that. But what it's done is it's allowed there's a lot of jobs now people can work at home and work remotely and it allows them the same opportunities as other people. And I think that's such an amazing thing. No, that definitely. 
Uh, another funny story that I had to tell you was like I know it's COVID and funny, uh, you know, hmm. you know, I shouldn't frame it that, but yeah, yeah. It was a weird time for everybody, whether you were working from home or getting out of the house. When the jobs and I, you you may have been there at the time, I got a commission from STV. STV News, and it was funny because at the time, you remember how you, you work in the building and they check your temperature before they let you in? So that was a little bit before I started there, but I my actual first job in TV was in COVID, so I used to be the person that would check people's temperatures on set and stuff, so I remember all that stuff very well. Ah, right, okay, <laughs> well, this was in actually the, 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 the building in Glasgow. Yeah, the PQ but, office, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, was, a, I was a wee kind of machine thing where you stand up and look at the light for about five seconds or whatever. I don't know what they would say, actually, if you had COVID. They might tell you to fuck off very quickly. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I got work from STV and, you know, brilliant people STV and all the rest of it. And I went in, and you weren't allowed to walk anywhere without your mask on. And I don't know if you remember that you had to walk a certain way to go in. And when you go out, you walk the opposite way that you come in. Because like, it was just a, a kind of big one. Like a one-way system. system, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was sitting with my mask on. And like, I know this, I don't know if I'm, I'll, I'll mention this name, Ewan Peaksy. I know Ewan. And because I was wearing my mask, he came over to me and says, oh, hi, Michael. And I was, you know, that way you're thinking, I know that guy's face, but, <laughs> but I didn't want to make an ass of myself, right? So I was just, aye, aye, how are you? I like, just, just kind of like false speaking to him, but at the same time, I was like, don't know who that is. And and that was you and Pixie. And by that time, like, he was standing two meters away from me where I was sitting down because at the time, even though if you were standing up, you had to wear your mask. So I thought that was a bit weird as well. And then on the actual report that I did for STV, I put a, a picture on Facebook about, oh, coming soon, my report on STV. And it was actually about disabled people getting paid off for furlough during COVID. Mm-hmm. And people was asking me questions. Why Why are you standing miles away from that guy? So I went to Edinburgh and maybe done the, the shoot outside the guy's house. And I was... <laughs> I was like two metres, but I felt like a bloody two football parks away. So you see me with, with, with the Michael on, and <laughs> you see him like miles away. Such a know? weird time. And stuff. Yeah, it was such a weird time, yeah. What's your favourite part of it then? Because obviously on radio you do writing the articles, you do like the actual report stuff. What's your favourite part of it so far, Ben? You know something? Um, I... I can go fell into writing because I, I mean I love it now. It's part of my job. I need to say it anyway. But the I kind of fell into the writing side. But I mean, in terms of like, I know like you were playing the camera and all that. But like in terms of like for me, the the TV and radio is is good. I'm a, I'm a bit of a media nerd or media geek because mm-hmm. I like to know what's happening behind the scenes and. You know, because we were talking about early on about River City. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But yeah, 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 of course. I mean, I, I think, I don't know if I've actually mentioned on this podcast yet that I've started working there and that's my new job, but I guess people can know now it's all of, it's on my social media, so why not? Um, yeah, so I'm sorry about that. No, don't worry at all. <laughs> you know, like behind the scenes that people don't know what's going on, they, they think mm. it's only two actors and a, a boom microphone and a camera guy and that's it. Well, that's not the case. And and by the way, like I know I'm kind of like the digressing and um, but I'll come back on. But like what I would say was, if people listen to this and people not get a lot of confidence, I would recommend going into that because then it gives you confidence to act in front of people that you've never came across before and that helped your confidence as well and I suppose like radio and kind of like journalism news helps you as well some people it's not for you know but if you do it every day I think it becomes second nature if that makes sense yeah. But if you stick, I mean, if you meet somebody like me and never, you know, never shut up and put a microphone on somebody's face, then they'll shut up because, no, I'm not going on, like, TV or radio. 
of whatever. So I guess I would say that's a bit of a, you know, good kind of like confidence boost. But I mean, to answer your question, I quite like TV actually because I've never done TV up until a few years ago. And that, that was very, that was very exciting. And the first, in fact, the first piece of dig on, on TV was Scotland Tonight that mm. I got a phone call at 10 past five, could go on at quarter to nine. And most people would say, hmm, can you give me about five minutes and I'll phone you back? But right away, I said, right, yeah, okay, cool. I'll be there. So <laughs> I went into this, yeah, I went into the studio and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, maybe TV a wee bit because that's kind of like fairly new to my bowl, if you know, if you know, know what I mean. But radio is not too far behind it. <laughs> yeah. What what goes into the radio and TV stuff? Like for people that are listening and don't know, like what what goes into what's an average day? I know they're both different, so maybe do one at a time. What's an average day doing the report as the reporter, etc.? So the if I go to the TV first, so so the way that I get my work at the moment is I, I'm still at the pitching idea um skate like people People doesn't come to me and say, Michael, can we get you to cover this or, or speak about that? And I don't mind it, but sometimes it can be, I'm here. So in TV, you, you pitch an idea and you, you pitch it to a commission and editor, whether it's news, sport or whatever. Mm. And then, so it's up to them to say yes and no, maybe, but if we pitch it, can, can we take that out and put that back a bit in? And when it gets commissioned, you actually work with like a producer to work on that, and you've got um you've got a wee one or a wee window to get that all together. Mm-hmm. So maybe on the first day that you would have a meeting with like the producer and the editor to say like who you go to interview. Uh, sorry, what's the story about? Who you going to interview? And are we going to them or are we doing it on Zoom or you know what? whatever and then it's usually up it's them it's up to them to say right well this will go out next monday night at, or you know on the news about quarter to seven or some, something like that random time so so that's the way it works and in terms mm. of like the regular side the bbc is actually kind of a wee bit different to stv because They've got Radio Scotland as well. So, like, nine times out of ten, that when I dig my bit about Lennox Castle, that was a package on reporting Scotland as well. But they also took it for the regular side. So, like, mm. they, what they just gig was they just listed the audio. Right, right, right. So, it's sort of on both platforms, yeah. Yeah. And then I had to write a blog. So like TV, radio, and a blog for the online piece as well. But it's, as as you know, Jamie, it's a wee bit different because even though it's the same story going on all these platforms, but they want you to make it sound a bit different than, you know, what it was like on the TV and stuff like that. It's got the same story, but and that's the way that's the way it kind of works. Documentaries are a kind of the same. The the Paralympics one was like I kind of like pitched it, and then I had to wait a few months because it got signed off, and then I was working with a producer on it, and that was the one I was going to lock down. This one's a bit a bit different because I'm actually getting to meet my producer, so that's nice. Yeah. Um, but this one we've interviewed five people, um, so we did uh, two on Zoom the other day and um as I say a few more face to face. So that that's it from this now and then what they do is a the producer then goes and edits mm-hmm. they, they cut it down into twenty eight minutes, even though I interviewed people for like of course forty minutes. Yeah. So that that's a producer's wonderful job. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> when is that gonna be out, do you know? So they haven't got a date as yet, but they they're trying to get it out near my my birthday. So Amazing. that could be on the twenty fifth of October or whatever. But I mean, honestly, get it out in that week. I mean, if they book out in my birthday, though, that'd be brilliant. That'd be the best birthday present ever for me. But like, if they get it out that week or the day after or the day before, I'm happy with that. But as I say, I, I haven't got saying that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's exciting anyway, and, and I mean, as we talked about earlier, it sounds like a really important and interesting piece, which I'm sure is going to be really emotional. I know we've been speaking for nearly an hour, so I'm going to start to wrap things up. There's so much more I would lo- love to ask you, but I'll just sort of try and maybe cherry pick a few questions, but yeah. we never actually got around to it. For you, what are the biggest barriers in journalism at the moment for people with disabilities? I think that the biggest barriers would be getting people in to speak about the mainstream issues like Scotland, football, tennis, because that's what I'm finding a lot at the moment about, like, you never see a, a disabled person on TV, like, like question time or, you know, debate night that we have up in Scotland or sports scene. Uh, so kind of like mainstream current affairs and, and sports mm-hmm. kind of like issues. That's what I'm finding um, at the moment, yeah. But I mean, there's people, you know, uh, starting to get better, but again, we're not, we're not there yet. But yeah, I think that's the biggest barrier for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that I think that's definitely some true. And it's even if you just think about it, it's like how many people can you think of that have had that opportunity? But speaking of the, of that, who are your role models? That I mean, not just obviously not just in disability, just in general. But who are your sort of role models that people that have inspired you? People that inspire me would be sports people. If you're talking about well, first of all, that I would, maybe I shouldn't say this as a journalist, but like my team is Celtic, so I always look up to kind of like Henrik Larson and uh, and all that, and and I kind of like sporting sense. But you know, if you want to go back and that box I was telling you about that, that kind of disability, I would say people like. Gordon Reed and Neil Fatshay and, you know, they've did well to raise awareness of disability sport. But, I mean, a, a big kind of game changer for me was the, the 2012 Paralympics um, because, you know, I've never saw any kind of disability sporting events on TV before and Channel 4 had done a brilliant job of that. Mm. And now it's good because now they had other programmes for but they come dancing and all that, you know, and 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 that's good to see, and that can only continue and get better. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's so important, and even things like the last leg came out of that. Mm. I remember that came out of that era, and yeah. that's still going now, and is an amazing show that people love and celebrate and stuff. So I think that just shows what you're saying is it's so important for people like yourself to see that on screen and to know that they can, you know, achieve great things as well. Mm. Speaking about achieving great things, which you clearly have, and and not just saying this to blow smoke up your ass, Michael, but it's an, you're, it's incredible what you'd achieved in your career wow. considering all the barriers you'd faced and I hope you have an amazing 40th at the end of October but what what are you most proud of in your career so far? Oh god that's a brilliant question I think determination if that's what I'm most achieved about the most determination about I can do it because it would be easy for me to say if people say oh no Michael you can't do it you can't be a journalist and then what they wanted me to say was, okay, then I'll just work in the shop. Because like, they, they were wanting me to say, yeah, okay, I, I'm talking straight, you're right, I'll work in the shop or I'll be a, mm. a lollipop man or, you know, whatever. But I never gave up. But I always kind of said no. And, and I've always been like that all the way through my life and, you know, not through my life, but when I reached kind of like 18, that I wanted to go out by myself and, and have my own life. So I think it's the uh, determination, but also it's like not to blow my own comfort, but just to basically kick myself up the arse and say, I'm going to do this because... If I don't do it, then I'll never do it. So you know, but and you've and you've done it. So yeah, and I'm great, <laughs> and I'm grateful, and and I know that. But as I say, it's for it's to help other people as well. That oh look, Michael's on TV; he can do it. I want to do it. So yeah, what's stopping me from doing it? You know, mm-hmm. no, it's an, it's very inspiring, Michael. But just a quick question before I've got I've had a few. I keep saying I've got a few more, but I, I generally. But just a quick <laughs> one for you, like, how do you cope mentally with that? attitude that people have had in the past like how do you cope with people saying like you know you can't do that or why are you doing this like you know are you able you know how that must have an effect on your mental how have you blocked out and coped i don't let that bother me i might have bothered me at the time like why is she saying that's why she's saying i can't do x y and z but i just kind of like i think it's like 
maybe this has been a bit selfish here, right? But a bit like tunnel vision, it's like, low, I'm going to focus on what I want to do. And people can, round about me, can say, nope, you can't do this, Michael. You can't, you can't, you can't. Yeah, you know, you hear wee voices in your head. Mm. But I think that when you, I, I don't know about you, but like, I think when people say you, ta- you can't do it, it makes you bloody more determined to do it. Yeah. To prove them wrong, to say, I told you it's my life, I can, I can do what I want. You know, like, you know, everybody can speak about he can't do that and, and all that, but, like, why, why not? Because, like, you've only got one shot of life, you know, And but I've been been fortunate and lucky in a way and I've met nice people along the way and they've all, yeah, they've all been helpful, you know. I mean, the worst, the worst people can say in this English phrase, no, we're not looking for that story and whatever, but I think people are a bit scared in terms of, like, I've got an idea, but I don't know what they'd be saying. Then I would say, well, the worst thing they would say is no, but mm. how would you know that? Or how would you not know that until you ask the question? Yeah, no, it's, it's very true, and it kind of it's great advice as well. Which my last question for you is: uh, uh, What would your advice be to anyone that wants to get into journalism? I would say, and and to be honest, I ask articulate as well. Be a bit of a pain in the ass and speak to as many people as possible. And it's funny because like when I ask our kid to, to be a bit of a pain in the ass, people say, well, don't be like that, Michael, because that's the only way that you're going to get answers or emails or, you know, whatever. So, but networking is a big part of it as well because, you know, as well as I do, people would know somebody's name, but they wouldn't they wouldn't know them as well, but they, they would hear of them because they were working at the BBC, River City, whatever before. So the media that I can, I think it's because it's Scotland as well, it's so small mm. and less opportunities as well, but... If people says no to you for the first time, I wouldn't give up. I would keep persevering it as well, but get as much experience as you can under your belt and then see whatever you want to do, whether it's TV, radio, newspaper. I mean, I, I mean, it's a media, right? But media, you can split it down into different areas. Yeah, of course, and you can... And- and you can sort of do it yourself now also with things like podcasts and yeah. YouTube. Not not that to be that person, because I think there is that attitude of, oh, make a film on your iPhone. It's not the same at all. You do need access. Some, you know, it can be good, but it's not It's not like it's an annoying bit of advice to get as well sometimes. But it is an amazing thing that you can kind of do yourself. And then you can build a portfolio for people to see and it can really help. Yeah. Michael, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been lovely chatting to you. I know there's so much more we could have talked about, but honestly, I really appreciate you being so honest about your experiences and being vulnerable. And you, as I said before, you genuinely are an inspiration and it's incredible to see how much you've achieved in your career so far. And I'm sure there's lots of more brilliant things to come, but good luck with the documentary for the radio and have a, an amazing 40th when it comes. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks for asking on. Well, there you go. That was episode 123. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you again to Michael for his time really enjoyed recording this one if you liked what Michael had to say be sure to go and check out some of his journalism articles go and listen to his documentaries as well and as always if you're enjoying this podcast be sure to follow us if you listen on Spotify subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts share with friends and family spread the word if you have a friend you think will enjoy it give them a text tell them to listen we are an independent podcast so that's how we grow and yeah it's all sort of organic and we don't have lots of money behind us so we're relying on our loyal listener base and we're very grateful to you all I actually meant to cover this in this week's intros but I'll do it now before I forget and I'll remind everyone next week but I've had a few people ask if we're going to be doing a Christmas special this year we are indeed going to be doing our traditional Christmas special got some amazing guests lined up for that so we're going to be recording that this week and that'll go out before the end of the year and yeah we still got a few other episodes to go before we end this run but yes very much looking forward to 2024 and where we can take the podcast next we'll probably take about a month or so off over the christmas period as well but we're not quite done yet so we'll be back next week with another brilliant episode but until then have a lovely week everyone and thank you as always for listening just get a real job.